Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise yeah. The Lord. As Pastor read in Luke chapter 2, today in the town of David, um, the angels said to the shepherds, and more than the shepherds, they were the sheep. And I wonder what the sheep would have thought today in the town of David. Uh, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. And remember, they were in bondage for 400 years, and it's hard to believe that there will be a good news. But truly, uh, Christmas brings in good tidings. It can, it goes through all cross-section of the society. I'm just watching your faces. You're very serious this morning. Don't worry. The Lord has sustained us through the COVID two years, as Pastor said. Another two or 20, he's always there with us. The last, last song that we sang, Emmanuel. God with us. That's the Christmas story. He paid the price. He took the first ticket. I can see our girls have come back. Yeah. And uh, uh, he, he booked the ticket for us. He left the throne in glory. He on emergency basis because we were going through heavy duty virus called the sin. And he said, I want to give the vaccination. Whatever dose, booster, aster, seater, whatever you think, the Lord has brought it up. And no wonder he became, he who had no sin, became sin for us so that we can be set free. The good news of Christmas is you can be right with God. As simple as that. You can approach God. You can just knock at God and say, God, today, you know, I'm sad, mad, glad. I want to see you. That's the possibility of Christmas. And can we, is it coming? Ah, coming. All the fonts have changed today. Bear with me. But uh, happy Christmas. And uh, this is one thing I, I, I thought I should take different articles that we comes out of our closet during Christmas. You dust it. You put that, you know, inhaler three, four times. Finish that wheezing episode and bring that star out and uh, the Christmas tree out. And then you bring in all the old decorations out. And if you've been in our house like that for 20, 30 years, same house, and your dad is tight on budget always for Christmas, you get have to recycle the same thing. And so uh, Christmas tree, what comes to your mind when you put up a Christmas tree? Open to anybody. Yeah. Whenever I preach, the time runs fast. And so I want to be like Joshua holding the sun for some time. What comes to your mind when you think of Christmas tree? Open. Yeah. Gifts, gifts, gifts. I just made it plain, yeah, because I wanted to give you a lot of clue. Gifts, yes, decorations. Pastor Prem is very, the Singapore family has come a warm welcome to all of you. I, I know you are loaded with a lot of gifts for Pastor Prem, and so much gifts he said, can I get another car? And so the gifts are overflowing, yes. Yeah. Anything that comes to your mind? Lights, wow, lights. Yeah, husband and wife, gifts and lights. Did you go for shopping yesterday? Nah. Star, no, when you think Christmas tree, 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 star, okay, star on the tree, yes. Green, wow, wow, I'm giving a lot of, the green people, you are almost there, yeah, you're almost there. The, the message, if you, tell the, if you tell the right word, we finish the message, yeah, I'll hand it over to pastor, yeah. Life, oh, wow, you're very too deep, yeah, very life, wow. <laughs> I know, you studied in a Bible. I want to wonder which college is that. I want to find out later. One last, one last before we get into the message. Christmas tree. Just be, just don't be too, too, too philosophical, yeah. Celebration, celebration. Sister said celebration. Um, the reason I put a plain uh, uh, tree there is for, for the message to be more precise. So you can... If, if someone asks you what did what what which church you went and what did they preach, you just have to say Christmas tree, and that is all. So I want us to have this image of Christmas tree because we use that every time we bring it out during Christmas and want to present a thought. It might be slightly on the heavier side. Don't worry, biryani is there. I know you brought it, so that's also heavy. Can we have the next slide? My this one is not working. So the title, the two titles of this message today, it's called the Christmas tree, uh, or the maidens, the mystery, and the mercy of Christmas. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. Don't worry. We will try to hurry up. The maidens, everybody, repeat after me. The maidens, the mystery, and the mercy of Christmas. Yeah, traditional three points. This is a topical message. I'm not going to go dig down. No heavy-duty exposition except for one or two. But the maidens of Christmas, whenever you think of the maidens of Christmas, yeah, when I do like this, ah. You, you think about those five women in chapter one. Yeah, 
chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Most of the time in Christmas reading, in our, in our family prayer, we used to wonder why we have those names and mummy will say, let's start from verse, uh, verse 18. Skip all the names. And when we were children, uh, difficult to pronounce the name also. You know, Adha, Aya, Inda, Aya, Zephaniah, Aya, Aya, Aya. We used to wonder, what is this? And why should the big bang story of Jesus begin with full of names? Yeah, so today we will understand the mystery of it. But when you come to the five women there, five women are not so nice. I don't want to unlock them on this, on this day, but Christmas story is like that. They, they are scandalous women. And uh, if you rip open their history and do a big Google search over their names, you will come across some, some black spots that you don't even want to speak. But that's how the Christmas story is. Now, as we travel through the story, please remember, Christmas story did not come during the perfect of times. Christmas story came some of the worst of times. Now, the story of glory is knitted in grief and gloom. For those who like English, yeah, some G's are there in that. The story of glory is knitted with grief and gloom. See how God, how wise he is. He did not choose one perfect time for his son and said, Magane, now it is a very good time, da. Now is the go and work out the, no, no, no. People walking in. So Christmas story was knitted in darkness. No matter how dark our story is in our era, the word of God has got one power. That power is called intermittent prophetic fulfillment. Don't worry about that word. That means when God speaks, it fulfills today, it fulfills tomorrow, and it has a grand fulfillment. So when people walking in darkness 2,000 years ago, the same light, now in COVID, now in fear, now in whatever loss and recession we are in, the same light will shine. Amen. That's the power of the gospel. And that's how God has knitted the story of Christmas. Now the story of Christmas did not happen during the time of King Ashoka, did not happen during the time of Shah Jahan, did not happen uh, during the time of one of the famous kings of India, anybody? In the Raja, Pandian Cholan, uh, Chera. Hey, come on, tell some names of Indian. Yeah, Raja Raja, Cholan. Yeah, I mean it, it. It was not in that golden era of the kings, you know, who had all the wealth and money. It was. If you notice the story of of Christmas during the days of King, ha Herod. Herod is the most horrific king you can think of, and Christmas story is knitted into that. God could have chose a favorable time when, when probably a king Constantine or someone who was very favorable for Christians and someone who, who professed the faith of the Old Testament. No, it was knitted. And so we want to bring in that. So always remember, God chooses the toughest of days to knit his story and inaugurate it and cause it a marvel to us. No matter what you're going through, there is Christmas. Amen. Christmas is a sure foundation and a hope no matter what what disaster recipe in the middle of it you are god can spin a salvation for you let's go to this woman and one of the women yeah christmas tree yes go down now in the tree uh, in the parts of the tree one one part that is a little most of the time if you look at that tree you see leaves and then anyone branches you got the message today. Today's message is about the branch. Yeah. And anything else you can see? The mud, the pot, yeah, anything you have. Whatever you see, you can say, yeah. Happy Christmas. You can speak, yes. Stem. Stem. I want to, I, I want to speak, pick up one word from the, the tree anatomy that we rarely use. Can we have the next slide, please? It's called the stump. And stump, I mean, doing all this English, I find sometimes difficult to remember the exact meaning of the word stump. Most of the time that cricket stump only was coming in my mind. Stump, stump, from the stump, stump, what they were playing cricket in the Old Testament, I was wondering. But stump, what is stump? Stump is that part that is left after something has been cut down, destroyed, felled, broken. So how is God building that Christmas story? He's building it from the stump, my goodness was not a perfect season. 
So the five women that you can see, I'm not bringing all the five today, but God was able to take the Christmas story, the tree. Remember, we are, we are, we are, we are trying to knit it to the tree. It is from the stump when everything had fallen. From the stump, God was willing to build a story of salvation. Let's take a little look into that stump. Okay, everyone say stump. Let's get into the stump. Next slide, yeah. Now, Isaiah 9, 6, we all quote that. I should tell this life story. Oh, no, I'll skip that for the want of time. Probably for next Christmas. Yeah. Isaiah 11, 1. Shall we all read it at the count of three? One, two, three. This is a prophetic fulfillment about Jesus Christ. And so we will begin with the stump. That which was not there, was there and not there. That which was cut down. That which people looked at the stump and said, nothing good is going to come. The stump destroyed. There are two fulfillments. One is that the kingdom of Assyria would come and wipe out the kingdom of Israel, the nation of Israel. And only a stump, a remnant, a leftover a small piece of wood, God is willing to work. Now, three things. A shoot will come up from where? From the stump. How am I? Why can't you bring a tree? Why can't you make the Christmas tree so, so, so vast and lush and green and say, this is Christmas? No. God was willing to work with the stump. That which was felled and cut off and broken, he picks up and he says, a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. Now, what, is, what do you mean by that stump of Jesse? That means the stump of the family of David, Jesse. David's father is Jesse. So you need to know and go into the family of David to know what that stump is. We will do that little, little bit work there. And then from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Christmas tree, a branch will come out and the branch will bear fruit. Now, when we just take these English words off and then when we go to this Hebrew words, you get something fascinating. For those who want to feast for Christmas, this is a true Hebrew biryani. Yeah, uh, literal or, or literary or, 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 or word biryani you have. Now, the word stump in Hebrew, I put all this this side, nedzer. Nedzer means branch. Stump of Jesse, branch, Nedzer. Now, in Matthew 2.23, there was a town called Nazareth, and Mary was from, Jesus was from, and in fact, he's called Jesus of Bengaluru. No, Jesus of Nazareth. So to fulfill what the prophets have been prophesying, that he will be called a Nazarene, yeah, and so what does it mean? Let's just go to three Hebrew words very quickly. Nedzer means branch. Nedzarith means Nazareth, city of branch. Nazarati means Nazarene. So Jesus was a branch who grew up in the city of branch. And to become that branch from the broken family of David, so that he can touch those who are broken like you and me and build the Christmas story. Let me go down a little bit here. So this would mean the Nazarathi is the Nazer or Nedzer from Nedzarat, Nedzarit. Father, help me. In other words, the Nazarene is the Nedzer from Nazareth. Literally, the branch is the man from the city of the branch. So actually speaking, it's a pun. It's a pun in Hebrew. It's a word play to use a branch. From the broken stump of David, a branch will come and he will grow up in the city of branch and he will be a branch that will bear fruit. So we all of us who are broken can find fruit from that branch, Jesus Christ. Christmas tree is about that broken, broken stump. From there, God will cause a branch to come. That branch, from that brokenness, from that brokenness, that branch will bring beauty. That's Christmas. From a stump, I don't know what condition you are, what condition of brokenness you are, whatever we as human beings have been through, our civilization has, has been through, our generation has been through, from that brokenness, 
God can bring out a branch that will bear fruit. Now we need to get into the family of David to find one broken person. So let me go down to the story. Oh yeah, you need to do that brother. Matthew 1 verse 1. Most of the time I said, what can you preach from Matthew 1 1? This is the genealogy of Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That means you have somewhere around 600 to 800 years of family line traveling. We're going to go to that. But I want to go Jesus, the son of David. If Jesus is the son of David, we need to go into the family of David. Everyone say family. Can you think of a broken person from the family of David? Anybody? David himself is a broken. You're a, you're a scholar. I wonder what your husband is, but you're a scholar. Yeah. Anyone? David, David really is a broken man. One of the men who was broke too much. His own son conspired against him. He left his own kingdom and ran away for a year or so. Just imagine. The prophetic utterances over his life was at stake. But God was gracious to him. Yeah. Anyone? Another broken person. Yes. Ruth. Ruth. You're almost there. If you can stretch a little, you can tell the truth. Yeah. Rahab. From the family of David, yes. Little more. From David's time. No, David's, yeah, yeah David's time. Bathsheba. The name is very complicated. She was taking a bath and a man said, Ba, Bathsheba. So every time you utter that name, yeah, can we have Bathsheba? I want to very gently, little bit. No, you can't talk much about Bathsheba on Christmas Day, but you have to bring her... Because she is mentioned in chapter 1. A very broken woman. Every time you think of Bathsheba, she occurs 13 times in the Bible. Every time you, you think about her, these four things come to your mind. Next part, next, yeah. Lust, lying, adultery, and murder. Every time that name comes, somewhere some three, four episodes and narratives would collage itself and say, no, 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 this woman, Vandaba, she's a woman, you know, it's very shameful to, to uncover the wraps on her lifestyle. But I want to tell you, we, we, we've always listened to someone else's opinion, but let's look at the text a little bit, how broken she was. Remember Christmas tree, stump, brokenness. This woman, next to David's street, she was broke. I'll tell you how broke she was. In fact, if you think Bathsheba was uh, a strange woman, a belly dancer, a woman who sells her body for, 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 for money, a woman who's in, in a very objectionable profession, no. Let's, let's look at what happened. Who is she, by the way? In fact, her husband was Uriah. Uriah is a top-class warrior. Out of the 30 mighty warriors of David, Uriah was one of them. So she's got some, some royalty and some nobility in her bloodline. She's not a just a woman. She's just not that woman. No, look at her. Her father was Iliam again, a mighty warrior. Her grandfather was Ahithophel, king's advisor. She was from a family of bureaucrats and officers. She was not playing games and, and trying to video herself and, and try to project to the king and say, hey, king, I'm available. No, that's not the kind of woman. And, and when the king called her, what was she doing? She was not, I, I just want to not dwell much on this slide, but, but what she was doing, a little bit of Old Testament background on this broken woman. When a woman goes through her monthly period, she's not asked to take bath in the house because anything she touches is unclean for seven days. And so Bathsheba was doing a normal woman's duty of going outside the home and taking bath. Look at the text. I don't want to go into very much detail. And therefore, she was not trying to impress and allure and seduce the king by trying to do her woman duties. The man who was there was supposed to go to war, the king. And he looked upon her nakedness and said, come. Now when a king calls you, go to previous slide please. When a king calls you, your husband has gone to war, you know that. Could it be that the call is for the king to say something about your husband? He's not at home probably a month or so. They're fighting the Amalekites and in fact they're poised to win that war. Second, her father 
Could it be that something happened to daddy and king wants to give a personal, personal information about the condition of the dad at warfare? Could it be that her grandfather's advice has bothered the king? When a king calls a woman, she out of a dignity, royalty, nobility and presence of mind, she was not a joke. She knew, she knew a family line and she goes to the king. And the king sleeps with her, although having a husband. And then go down, go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She becomes pregnant. After a few days, she gets the loss of her husband. She's grieving the loss. And while grieving the loss, she comes to know that she's having a child, but the child is not her own and her husband is not there. She's a widow now. And after that, she even loses her first child. Look at this broken woman. Stump of Jesse. Stump brokenness. You think only poor people go through all this. This Bathsheba was not poor. You can see her family line. Probably in her house, there were those hanging on the walls where were where, where medals of achievement. And her family line was really royal. And no wonder they had a residence close to that palace area. Just imagine the heart of the city of Bangalore or, or heart of any, any city in the world and you've got your residence. Somewhere in central London, if you want to take your car to central London, you have to pay extra dollars. You're in that, probably the prime location. She was there. And at, right in the, in the place of a royalty waiting for the husband to come back, the Bible does not mention many children for her prior to this. Probably they were newly married, I don't know. And she was waiting for husband to come back so that they can go on for a Christmas holiday, I don't know. And here she is fully broke. What do you talk about this? And every time you talk about Bethsheba henceforth, it should be that this woman, ah, don't want, cover up her story. How come that you pick up this woman who was sleeping and pick her up and get her featured in the first page of the New Testament. What a beauty that God can take the stump of Jesse and cause that branch to come out from that brokenness and that branch will bear fruit again. In the Old Testament, one of the other words for fruit is the womb. Fruit of the womb. The blessing of the womb. Christmas story is something that came out of the womb and not the heart. We're going to land on that in a while. Next please. Slowly, how does God reconstruct her and make that stump again relive? Causing a shoot to come out of that broken stump. What happens? Just slowly look at that woman. David comforted Bathsheba, his wife Bathsheba. He went to her, made love to her. She gave birth. Everybody say birth. This will lead us to the second point called the mystery. But birth. There's something so divine about the birth. There's something that God is coding in his mystery when a child is born. Be a little patient and then you will see the mystery of God inscribed in the pages of scripture. And most of the time we think the biological side of the birth and forget the handiwork of God. He gave birth to a son. And they named him Solomon because the Lord, the Lord was watching all this. How can God of great compassion love the son and not the mother? Probably the chronicler couldn't write that down. God loved Bathsheba. You see, when Leah was not loved by her husband, the Bible says that the Lord looked upon Leah because Jacob wouldn't look at her because she's got something, the deficiency in her looks. And no man wanted to look at Leah and God looked upon Leah and noticed that she was not loved and suddenly God touches the womb. When God wants to show love to somebody, why does he touch the womb? Today we will understand the mystery. God so loved the world, why does he touch the, the womb of Mary to tell us the story? 
What is the mystery behind that? We will understand. It's classic to know the way God loved us. If anyone has come seated here and you're thinking your life is just this. Your life is a bunch of statistics of the world. Your salary, your bank account, your loans to be paid. And all our prayer requests is meet this need, meet that need. No. There's, there's a side to you that sometimes we, it evades us. It, it, sometimes we disconnect and think life is all about eat, drink and Merry Christmas. No. It's much more than that. I pray that today as you're seated, the Spirit of God will minister hope to you. That in the midst of severe, dire brokenness, a stump can bring forth a shoot. The shoot will go forth and become a branch and the branch will bear fruit again and that fruit will be scattered throughout the world. That's the mystery of Christmas. Look at this woman. According to the Old Testament royal line, after a king, his son would take over. Primarily, precisely, his firstborn will take over. Solomon was not there in the firstborn. In this passage, there are six wives of David mentioned. I want us to go into a discussion about the six wives and trying to say, okay, who's going to, who's, who's, whose son is going to be the next king? There is no Bathsheba here. There is no Solomon here. Technically speaking, according to the chronology, his firstborn was unknown. Firstborn had all the rights and the blessing and the favor of the of of of, of that uh, the the firstborn privilege. He lost it because he messed it up. I don't want to go on to that. But if you look at this list, you don't find Bathsheba, you don't find Solomon. If you look at the story of the Bible in a way, in from one perspective, you get to know that God leans towards the weak. God leans towards the lowly. God leans towards the humble. Probably that is the characteristic of God. That is, that is, that is, that is the nature of God. The more you walk with him, you'll get to know that he, he, he's not, although he created thousands and millions of stars, he caused only one star to come when his son was born. When his angels wanted to sing, it's the lowly shepherds who came. Mary, oh my goodness, just that little girl was enough for God. You see, he leans towards the lowly. If you have been walking with God, humility will become your fragrance. That's the perfume that you will wear whenever you come. You spend time with God, your ego is broken. You come with that brokenness. A worshiper is easy to find out. He doesn't have to sing. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to say high and lofty words. He will always have that broken spirit. His eyes are wet and he said, God, how come you could save me? You'll always go back to say, I was a criminal, a violent man, a persecutor of the church, but yet you cost to hit me on the road to Damascus. How can you cost me to write 60% of the New Testament? You're always grateful because you know from where God picked us up. None of us were from noble birth and royalty when God chose us. But yet the stump, from it will come a shoot. She's not mentioned here. Go to the next line. Next line. The woman who's always known to be sleeping, lying down. Sure, you slowly find how God is causing the shoot to come. She goes to David and verse 28, 29. Somewhere in 17, she says, I know my son. I'm not the first. She's not the first. My character is assassinated here in Jerusalem. I know how it's going to happen, but somewhere in my spirit, the Lord has sowed to me. You sowed to me by the Lord King David. My son will come. I'm standing for my son. I'm vouching for my son. I stand up in disgrace. I know the kingdom is talking evil about me, but... David, she goes there. The King David said, call in Bathsheba for me. She came in the king's presence, stood before. The enemy is always pinning you down with your past. You are this, you are this, you are this. If you look at the deliverance ministry, they call it familiar spirits. They know how to word things in your mind. You're not good enough. You will never prosper. God is not on your side. It's just a Christian religious garbage. Don't go there. Doubts and fear just sink into you. Familiar spirits. 
You, who are you, Bathsheba? There are six other wives there. The sun's plenty. You think Solomon can come up naturally speaking, speaking out of royalty. In fact, Maka was from the neighboring king. She, her son, her son is Absalom. He was pitted to be the king. You and Solomon. Uh -huh. But she went and stood and said, no, there's something that God told me he will do. Christmas story breeds in hope for your broken future. No matter who you are, no matter how messed up you are, no matter how blank you are, hold on to the hope. Hold on. God is not finished with you. Hold on. God always, do not allow the enemy to use your past to sabotage your future. Hold on to God. Husband-wife relationship with the children. What's going to happen to you? Your health, your crisis. Hold on. God is not finished writing a chapter over your life. Bathsheba was easy. If I'm just comparing this woman to today's terms, she can consume poison and die. She can have multiple affairs. She can put her profile on shadi.com and go back again. She can escape and get one Canada job because she can quote all her family line and get some recommendations and fly away. But she stood the place where people said she slept. The same place. Wow. Stump. Stump of Jesse. A shoot came up. From that shoot, a branch came up. From that branch, a fruit came. Story is not over. Next slide, please. In reality, when the prophetic word was fulfilled, look at, look at what happened to Bathsheba. When Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah, the king stood up. Why? Who is this woman? Who is this woman that you stand up? Bathsheba. The stump Bathsheba. That Bathsheba. To meet her. Bowed down to Bathsheba. I intently wrote that. And sat down on his throne. And he had a throne brought for the king's mother. Bathsheba. Throne for Bathsheba. She was meant to be thrown out. But now she's offered a throne. What do you mean by the story of Bathsheba? God can take somebody from the hall of shame. And cause her to stand in the hall of fame in chapter 1 of Matthew. It baffles the mind of God. We with our intellect, we with our all our old wives tales, we with our calculations and caste and creed and tribe and region and nation, we have our planning. But God defies the wisdom of man causing it its foolishness. That's the story of Christmas. That's why this news has to be spread across. That people like Bethsheba will breathe again. And she sat down at his right hand. Wow. Next slide, please. Stump. Stump. Oh, what a, what a, what a God we have. This is only about Bethsheba. If you can look about other women, the maidens of Christmas, it's always a mystery. Sometimes we wear all our goodie dresses and come. Sometimes the branding of our clothing and attire closes the real us. We want to be known by our watch. Rado. Drive Prado. I don't know, boots. I don't know what it is. We always discuss about that. Look at how, because we want to close the pain on the inside. Christmas story goes deep beyond. And causes a broken stump again to be blossomed into a shoot. What is the mystery of Christmas? If you want to understand the mystery of Christmas, we need to talk, yes, about Bathsheba. I, most of the time we think, I just told a little bit about Bathsheba, but something about Bathsheba is hidden in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the pages of the scripture. It's the glory of God to, to conceal a matter. It's the privilege of the kings to discover it. It's there in the Bible. Now let's go to the mystery. I want us to, and this I just want to knit it to, 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 to Mary again. 
Let's go down. Next slide, please. Can we have the next slide? Is something else there? Yeah, this is good. This is good. This is good. I'll share this and then we'll do the last point. Yeah. Now, there are two passages in the Bible where you have names. Can anybody guess those passages? Christmas story and passages. Matthew chapter 1 and, and Pastor, I know you are a wise man who traveled from the east. And, you know. Anyone? Luke chapter 1 and, yeah. Those who didn't uh, get your Bible, digital Bible allowed in our church. Pastor still not you know, put any sanction on that. Get a Bible. And I remember an old Kerala pastor used to say, if you carry your Bible today, the Bible will carry you one day. Literally, that was his testimony. So carry your Bible. I was uh, somewhere in Washington uh, a month ago. I was talking to one heavy-duty, you know, uh, uh, an engineer and a computer scientist. And he said, we, the, the server that our Bible's app, uh, you know, the app, our apps are, are, are on is not a Christian server. If anybody who doesn't believe the Lord would, would delete four or five words in our Bible app, none of us will know. They can put one corrupt file. One day they say, no, unless until you do certain things and, and, and I know you are, you are pro this, 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 we will not serve you. We will remove your app from that server. What will happen to us? We need it. Yeah. Christmas blessing. Happy Christmas. Yes. Luke chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 1. Yeah, turn to your Bible please. Yeah, we will do a little bit, little bit physical work and then slowly come down. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And then you have that name list. Can we go there and read verses 6 please? Yes. Oh yeah. David begot David begot Solomon. Solomon. David begot Solomon. So David's son is Solomon. Now let's go to Luke chapter. I'm sorry, Luke chapter three, please. Luke chapter three. Now let's start working backwards. And we'll have to go from 33 to 31. So I'm just going reverse from the son of Salmon, the son of Nashon. So that means Salmon's son is, anybody? Salmon's son is Boaz. Boaz's son is Obed. Obed's son is Jesse's son is David's son is Nathan. In Matthew chapter 1, we read David's son was Solomon. Now here we read David's son is, what happened here? Spelling mistake. Should we notify the copywriting and say, no, no, no. Now look at how mysterious it is that the line Matthew was concentrating to develop the line of Joseph, the father of Jesus Christ earthly. And Luke is striving to tell the story of Mary. Mary. Mary, again, 2,000 years ago, she was another scandalous girl. Without the help of anybody, how can you become pregnant? Did you play games with the rabbi? Are you trying to say a spirit came upon you? Is that not a lie? No one in the Old Testament ever heard a spirit would come. And look at what, 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 what Luke the author of the gospel is trying to strive to say that something happened at the stump of Jesse. You're going back to the Christmas story. Something happened at the stump of Jesse that God would go and look at the stump of Jesse to cause a shoot to come. How come you bring in these two, these two boys, Solomon and Nathan? Next slide, please. Ah, the answer is here. I like this very much. I like this very much. David reigned in Jerusalem 33 years. And these were the children born to him. Shamua, 
Shobab, Nathan, and these four by. Wow. God can look at that stump called Bathsheba and say, Hey, Bathsheba, don't commit suicide. The parents of my son in posterity will be by the fruit of your womb. Wow. The mother of Jesus and the father of Jesus from the stump called Bathsheba. God can stoop down to that extent to take the brokenness of man and breathe and say, you will be part of my story. Just imagine if Bathsheba would have messed up there and said, no, I don't believe this is the scar on me. Everybody henceforth will call me. I am not blessed. It's like what Elizabeth said. In these days, the Lord has removed my public disgrace. That's what happened to Bathsheba. This is the mystery. This is the mystery of your life and my life. We need to weep over those. And sometimes as pastors, we go to funeral service and they will tell us this person committed suicide. I've stood there. I don't know what to say. Very perplexed to say something about someone who's taken life because life has thrown a tsunami at them. There is something about us that is mysterious that moves from generation to generation to generation. This is the mystery of Christmas that God can take the stump of Jesse. God can take the stump of Sunny Prasad. God can come down to your lows. The story of the Garden of Eden for me is such a blessing because when Adam and Eve failed, God did not send a Gabriel or a Michael or a host of angels. God himself walked into the garden and said, Deyanada, where are you? That when we are in our mess and the stage called stump, God walks in. That people in darkness, grief and gloom, God walks in. When Herod is killing the baby, God says, let my son be born when the bloodbath is happening in Jerusalem. Cause my son. When, the, when every the tree has fallen, the branches are gone, the leaves are dried up and there's no more nectar there. Cause my son to come. That's Christmas. Don't give up on life. COVID will come. The news will say, but we need to connect to the news of heaven. This is the time to, to stretch our antennas. No wonder during Christmas story, there's a heightened intensification of the realm of the spirit. Angel coming, dreams and vision coming. Dreams and visions are a window, to, are a gateway to the realm of God. You see so much of activity, God trying to disturb the frequencies of man and say, enough, don't connect to Herod. Enough of listening to the Pharisees and Sadducees. Enough of looking at the darkness and gloom. Behold, today in the town of David, a savior has been born but he's packaged in a baby. Now we come to that. Slowly, I'm closing with this. Next slide, please. Everybody say mercy. Please be merciful to me. Yeah, couple of minutes. Mercy. Mercy. Simple, logical question. If the names have to move from one generation to the other generation, who carries the names? Did I complicate the question? The seed. What is the seed called? Child. Yeah. Child is born through a... Ch child is born through a... Man, woman. Yeah. I just want to stick to that. I don't want to cross the gender line. Yeah. Through a woman. Woman by the womb. Everybody say womb. So that means something moved from womb to womb. Something moved. From womb to womb. From Adam till Jesus. Something was moving. Womb to womb. If you want to understand that mercy, we need to get into the song of Christmas. The song of Christmas, there are three people who sang, but predominantly two. Let's see the content of them. Let's go down. Four or five verses. This is the top song that Mary sang. And in the middle of a song, she says this. And his mercy is for those who Fear him from, from, 
So that means from Adam, from generation to generation, down to the lows of the stump of Jesse, the family of David, and through Bathsheba, down to Mary, something moved. It's called mercy. She gets on by the Holy Ghost and she says, something moved in our family. Mercy moved. Something moved down from, 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 from Boaz to Obed to Jesse to David to Nathan and down through there to Heli. Something moved. And by the Holy Ghost, she says, mercy moved. Turn to your neighbor and say, mercy moved. Mercy moved. Mercy moved. Mercy moved. What is mercy? Let's go down, please. Look at this. We read verse, the first one, Luke 172. Zechariah sang and said, to show mercy to our ancestry. Down through the ages from womb to womb, the mercy moved. Luke 178. Because of the tender mercy of our God. By which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. Luke 125. Look at how mercy moved the womb of a woman called Elizabeth. And she says the moment she began to see the movement in her womb, she said the Lord has done this. Why the womb? Why the birth? Why the woman? Why the child? What is the mystery? What is it that, that is tying the story of Christmas to the womb? It is this in the next slide. The word mercy has got three shades of meaning in Hebrew. We'll stick to the first one. The word mercy, rakem. Rakem means to love or to have compassion. Mercy means to love. Mercy means to love in compassion. What is compassion? Suma patio. Compassion means, suma means same, pathos, passion means suffering. Your suffering is the same as my suffering. That is compassion. When Mother Teresa has compassion on the lepers means your leprosy is as good as my leprosy, so I love you. Love and compassion go together. God loved us out of compassion. Not that we were five star wearing all this blazer and suits and God blew kisses from heaven and says, Magne, I love you very much, which is your brand clothing. No, he saw us in the worst as a stump. He saw us while we were kicking in our own vomit. God looked at us and loved us. Now, what is this mercy? Go down a little bit. The original Hebrew word from the word rakim, which literally means womb. God is merciful and is merciful because his love is not just love from the heart, but from the womb. So that's why mercy means womb love. Womb love. God so loved the world that he gave his son to be born symbolically through a woman's womb to show us that he loves us from the womb. Can a mother forget a baby at her breast and have no compassion on the one she has born? Even though she forgets, Isaiah says, even though she forgets, I will not forget you. What's the story of Christmas? This is it. I will not forget you. You are the stump. I will not forget you. You are broken. I will not forget you. You are inflicted with COVID. I will not forget you. The only way you can realize that I will not forget you is think about Emmanuel. I am with you. Amen. Powerful story of Christmas. That God can cause what moved from David to his son was the womb. What moved in that womb was his love. Rechem, mercy moved. No wonder when David messed up with Bathsheba, by the Holy Ghost, he takes the pen, sits down in his writing room, and he says, have mercy on me, O God. No wonder when a criminal is dying in the prison and served his sentence, if he has got one appeal, he has a mercy appeal. 
Can somebody love me from the womb? No wonder when Kassab was dying, I think it is November 22nd, 2012, when Indian, Indian Supreme Court sentenced him and they asked him for last wish. He said, can I speak to mummy? Why in the world that criminal who shook India in 2008 caused a big bomb blast in Mumbai? And why in the last day of his life he can talk anything, cause any slur to come out, use abusive and foul language, which he did. But last line, he says, womb love. Where is the womb love for me in India? That's the challenge he gave. Can anybody love me like my mother? God so loved the world and he said, that's the exactly I love you. From the womb, from the womb, I love you. If you have not given your life to this merciful God, come to the throne of mercy. He is the definition of mercy. Next slide, please. Whom love? Next slide. The Bible says his mercies, his womb love is new every morning. Every morning. He loves you. That's Christmas story. He could not stay in heaven and write a Valentine card. He did not choose to fill your bank account with few dollars and rupees and says, I love you. He did not want to stay there and cause an agent to come and dunzo it his salvation. No. He says, if I come, I come through the womb to tell you I love you. What a story of God to stoop down to become a human embryo and use the walls of a womb to write the story of love for you. I'm mesmerized and challenged. And in that same beat, Paul says, husbands, love your wives. My goodness, womb love. Last line, last line. For he grew up <laughs> like a tender Shoot. Wow. Jesus came with that tender mercy, a tender shoot. He displayed that tender love in his frailty, in his brokenness. The last day of his life as a human being was on the cross so tender that they bruised him. Just to tell you and me, I'm with you. Therefore, as we close, have a, have a mercy Christmas. Mary will be there, but have a mercy Christmas. Close your eyes. Call upon pastor to come. Close your eyes. My heart is beating to say, come to Jesus. Enough for falsehood. Come to the one. That day Mary said, be it unto me. Because God was programming a life from Adam for her. God was moving stones for her. God was preparing for her so that she can fulfill a destiny. I want to tell you, you have a future. Your future is not cut off. Would you close your eyes and begin to think about the love of God? Amen.